Oh, what a what a show we have today. Oh my god, what a show. First of all, the new titles, okay? Today you will get to hear the new titles for the first time unless you're a premium member, you've already heard them, but for the rest of you, the new titles will be uh will be kicking off the show today. I hope you enjoy them. Uh, also, uh, we're going to be taking some phone calls from the pavement pounders. We're going to be talking about star Wars and podcasting. Uh, also a, a crazy news story. Uh, my goodness, I guess, uh, there was, a there was some kind of an accident out on the, on the deep blue sea and a manatee, a famous manatee was, uh, injured and uh, is now being uh, medicated and hopefully uh, is going to be okay. We're going to be taking some phone calls from Mr. Bubbles, the manatee. Uh, I guess from, from his hospital room or wherever the hell you put manatees when they're sick. Uh, so, so look for that. And then, uh, yeah, I'm going to be doing uh, later in the show a, a, a scathing review of the latest Star Wars movie. I don't know if you're Star Wars fans or not, but uh, I was not happy. I haven't been happy with Star Wars for a while. So uh, stick around for my scathing review, some other phone calls, and uh, we're going to have a lot of fun right here on today's new titles, Harlan Highway. I have an announcement to make. You are about to go down the Harland Highway. Lock the door. I don't want to be a product of my environment. Shut up! I want my environment to be a product of me. You are riding down the Harland Highway. So, who do I have to fuck to get off this phone? I can get you off. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe fuck yourself. Ah, you're a cantaloupe. All right, hold tight on the Harland Highway Show. I'm ashamed, Big Daddy. That's why I'm a drunk. When I'm drunk, I can stand myself. Keep leaning on that tutor, Charlie, and you're going to get a shot in the mouth. Act like a man. What's about you? I wasn't really sure what was going on. You're listening to Harlan Williams. The rest is bullshit, and you know it. Oh, there they are. There they are, the brand new titles for 2018. How about that? Uh, first listen, except if you're a premium member. Of course, you already heard them. One of the little perks of being a premium member, ladies and gentlemen, for $20 a year. Uh, yeah, I hope you like the new titles and of course they will be around for a little while and then one day I'll do some uh, fresh ones. I like to keep mixing it up. So, uh, there you go. Um, but, uh, enough about the titles. Uh, let's get right to, uh, I'm dying to talk about this crazy news story, Rog. Let's kick the show off with a crazy, crazy news story. Oh! The Harland Highway. Crazy news story. That's weird. Wow. That's strange stuff. Oh boy, I can't I can't decide if this is crazy or I should be uh, euphoric about it. Uh let me just read this crazy headline for you, and I, I think we all might want to be cracking out a cake and celebrating. Here it is. Ready? Here's the headline. Distressed baby manatee, Mr. Bubble, 
now recovering happily after a dramatic Florida rescue. Oh my God, Mr. Bubble has been saved. Oh, Mr. Bubble. Rudge, can we get Mr. Bubble on the phone later? Can we can, can Mr. Bubble call us from Florida? We'd, I mean, we're so happy that Mr. Bubble's been rescued and saved, and I'd love to talk to Mr. Bubble. Roger's giving me the thumbs up. Okay, cool. Let me read this story. A five-month-old manatee has been rescued near Port Everglades, Florida, and given a new name and a chance to live out a happy life as he recovers at the Miami Sea Aquarium. Formerly known as Mr. Bubble, Brownie, a five-month-old calf, was spotted in distress near the Everglades on Friday when he was rescued from the water and taken to the sea aquarium to be evaluated. Oh, Mr. Bubble. On Monday, he was relaxing, being given antibiotics and eating a delicious lunch of romaine lettuce and bananas while swimming in a fresh water pool. Yeah, because out in the wild, you know, manatees, that's all they eat is romaine lettuce and bananas. What the hell? You can't you can't give it the seaweed like it, it eats naturally? Uh, Brownie, well, why are they call him Brownie now? Brownie, oh, here we go. Brownie received the new name because Seaquarium didn't actually know his name and is using desserts as a naming theme for animals this year because they are so sweet. Okay, that's a little confusing. They, they didn't know Brownie's real name. Okay, just for the folks at Seaquarium, manatees don't have names, okay? They're just called manatees. There's no manatees swimming underwater going, Hey there, Brownie. Can you come over here, please? I'd like you to meet my friend Fudgy and Pineapple over here. Um, so anyways, uh, Mr. Bubbles is doing good. Uh, he's approximately 200 pounds and slightly more than five feet in length. But workers at Seaquarium were concerned when they retrieved him. As initial tests show, he hadn't nursed in a week and had some lesions on his body, which might have been the result of running into a boat. For now, Mr. Bubbles is in a protective shadow, similar to one that his mother would cast, eating well and may be released next winter. We're cautiously optimistic, say the, the handlers, because we are seeing an improvement. Mr. Bubbles may also get a new companion, as on Monday the Seaquarium was en route to another potential manatee rescue in Naples, approximately two hours away. Oh no! What if, uh, what if Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, Chuckles was is hurt? Oh my God! What if we have Mr. Bubbles and Mr. Chuckles all? Swimming around eating bananas and sea cabbage or whatever the hell they eat. For those of you that don't know what a manatee is, it looks like a uh, looks like a walrus with no teeth, sort of. Their other name they go by is sea cow, and uh, they're these big, giant, chubby things that just float around peacefully, and. They eat like uh, seagrass and make bubbles, and they're very gentle. 
If you go back in my archives of the Harlan Highway podcast, I did a whole I did a whole podcast where I actually went swimming with manatees in the wild down in Florida. And it was quite the adventure. So if you're a premium member, I can't tell you what number it is, but if you look through the uh, the headings, it's probably happened about two years ago, a year and a half ago. And you should see Harlan swims with manatees or something like that. But uh, I shouldn't get to swim with Mr. Bubble. Uh, so we wish Mr. Bubble well. Uh, God bless Mr. Bubble. And uh, Roger's going to try and get him on the phone later in the podcast. And we're just going to, you know, say hi to him and wish him well. And uh, for now, let's uh, let's jump to a phone call and let's all give thanks for Mr. Bubble. Hello? Hello? Hey, Harlan. This is Duncan from Alabama. Um, I'm a 90s kid, so I fell in love with your work back in Rocket Man. And then, you got to admit, I just kind of forgot about you, no offense, but then I discovered your podcast, and now you are back in my life in a big, bad way. Um, I love what you're doing with the Harland Highway. I am loving all your stuff on this on the website. Um, got a question for you, though. Is an aspiring creative individual myself wanting to start a podcast, do you have any advice? Anyway, I appreciate it, man, and stay tubular, bro. Duncan from Alabama. Yes, indeed. Well, hey, man, thank you for uh, for the uh, the kudos, for the compliments. I'm glad you enjoyed my work. And, uh, yeah, it, it my movie work fell off uh, a little bit after, like, the, you know, the mid-2000s. Um, you can only stay up there in the movie biz for so long unless you're a superstar. So I had a pretty good run and, uh, you know, I continue to do little things here and there. Maybe I'll do some more bigger things, but, uh, but now I'm podcasting and doing other things. Um, I'm glad you dig the podcast. And as far as advice goes, man, the, the podcast world is a tough one because my immediate advice would be be original, do something unique, don't do what everyone else is doing. And the problem with that is that for me, that's like uh, the golden rule. You know, always try to do something different. And so for eight years, I've been trying to do something different than nobody else is doing. And guess what? The people that are doing what everyone else is doing are getting uh, all the activity on their podcasts. Yeah. I I look at the numbers, I talk to these other podcasters, they're, they're getting they're getting hundreds of thousands of uh of listeners per episode. And most of them are just interviewing each other and interviewing people and kind of talking to the same people. And the, a lot of them, the, the same guests go from one podcast to the other. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. They're entertaining. They're done well. They're, the, they're funny. They're all that stuff. I'm not knocking them in any way. But I'm making the point that many podcasts kind of follow the same format. So I always find in life that it's it's whenever you do something a little different or a little more unique, it stands out. And so as you know with my podcast, I try to 
I try to do things very differently and, and make it stand apart from most podcasts. And I got to tell you, man, it's been a little bit frustrating. I don't, I don't quite get the numbers that some of the more traditional podcasts get. So, so in a way, I want to say to you, hey, be original. Do something nobody's doing. But then I, I look at my results and I go, oh, wait a minute. All the guys that are doing what everyone else is doing seem to be uh, doing a lot better. So I don't know. Follow your gut. I, you know, I always say even if it's even if you're not getting a million listeners, but but you love what you're doing and it's really original. And if your podcast is you banging a stick on a, on a bucket for an hour and that's what you like to do, then do it. Because just remember, if you get into the podcast thing, you know, assuming you want to make it something that that's relevant and works and maybe even brings you some income, you know, there's guys making a living off their podcast these days, and then there's a ton of guys that aren't. So don't get stars in your eyes. Hopefully you're one of them. But my point is at the end of the day, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to deal with whatever you produce. And, uh, and so hopefully you, 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 you tap into something you like, uh, you know, I, I suggest you amuse and entertain and inform your audience, but also make sure you're entertaining and amusing yourself. And that's what I try to do with my podcast is I, I try to keep it fun and, and funny and interesting for my listeners, but at the same time, I, I if I'm not having fun doing it, what's the point? So that's just a little bit of advice, um, you know. Uh, you know, other bits of advice is, you know, maybe you want to have a sidekick. A, lo- a lot of podcasts are done where people do them together. With They have a sidekick or they, they always have a guest every show. You know, like some of the big ones, like Adam Carolla, he always has guests. He has like two or three sidekicks. Mark Marin always interviews guests. Joe Rogan always interviews guests. Me, I rarely interview guests, so maybe there's something to it. But but maybe you you can you know you can be uh, more creative than anyone, and maybe you can think of a way to uh, present a podcast that nobody's uh, done yet. So I don't know. I, I I hope some of that helps. I hope some of that maybe uh, you know sparks some ideas in your head. Uh, but just remember, once you start, it is a commitment. It, it's like you kind of, you can just walk away from it if you want because it's yours. And if you if you don't have any sponsors and you're not making any money, you can walk away from it whenever you want. I've been doing mine for, I think, seven years without barely making a dime. No sponsors. And I've been very committed to it. I've probably been more committed to my zero money-making podcast than most guys who are even making money. Why? Because it goes back to what I said. I'm doing something I love. It's something I have passion for. It, it makes me laugh. It keeps me entertained. And I I just like putting this stuff out there for you all, y'all, you folks, y'all, you know. So uh, I hope that helps a little bit, man. I mean, I could go on and on and on, but, you know, I, I, you know my, my, my advice is worth money, young boy. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but anyways, there's just a few thoughts, and uh, I wish you luck. 
Uh, I hope you uh, find something fun to talk about or, or make the theme of your podcast. And it's a hell of a lot of fun. And uh, I'm wishing you all the best, okay? Thanks for the call, and go get them, cowboy. Stay tubular, bro. Oh, what? Mr. Bubbles is on the line? Oh, this is amazing. You got through to Mr. Bubbles? Okay, put him through. We're going to talk to Mr. Bubbles. He's recovering at SeaWorld or something. Here we go. Oh, my God. Uh, hello there, uh, Mr. Bubbles. Are you there? Hello, Mr. Williams. Oh, boy, there he is. Oh, my gosh. Mr. Bubbles. Yes? Well, we were so worried about you. Roger, good job getting hold of Mr. Bubbles. Are you okay, Mr. Bubbles? Well, I'm feeling a little bit weak, but I think I'm going to be okay. Oh, my goodness. I just had a little underwater sneeze. Well, boy... You know, it, it, it's they said in the article that maybe you, you ran into a boat or something. More like the boat ran into me. I was just, you know, laying in the water, nibbling on some seagrass, and boom, right out of nowhere. It was like I was hit by a Mack truck. Oh, Mr. Bubbles, I'm sorry. Are you... It, 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 were you cut? Were you were you were you were you hurt? Well, I have a few lacerations on my skin, but I think I'm gonna be okay. They're giving me lots of delicious bananas and some wonderful cabbage, romaine lettuce, and the whole week. Oh, isn't that nice? Uh, do, do you love the the bananas and you love the romaine lettuce? Well, you know, if they're gonna go to all the trouble to give me some romaine lettuce. You'd think they'd give me a little ranch dressing, maybe. What, what, oh, what? You want some ranch dressing? Well, you know, and romaine lettuce is kind of plain, Mr. Williams. It sure would be nice to liven the flavor up a bit with a little ranch dressing. Oh, well, I didn't know you. You had such refined taste buds. Well, I am a sea cow, and I like to eat, Mr. Williams, and while we're at it, maybe throw a few croutons into the mix. Did, did you say croutons, Mr. Bubbles? That's right, crispy, crunchy croutons with a little garlic seasoning on them. <laughs> oh, sounds like you're getting excited, Mr. Bubbles. Well, uh, the idea of eating some crispy, crunchy garlic croutons certainly gets my bubbles flapping. Whoa, 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 settle down, Mr. Bubbles. And how about some of that ranch dressing? Oh, that creamy buttermilk dressing just dripping all over my romaine lettuce with some crispy, crunchy, garlicky croutons. Whoa, 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 okay, wow, well... You know, maybe uh, maybe we can talk to someone over at, at, at Sea Ocean World or whatever the hell it is and and see if we can work on that for you. Oh, would you, Mr. Williams? I would be ever so indebted. Maybe I'll even save you one of my delicious ripe bananas. Well, isn't that nice? Can I sing you a little song about bananas, Mr. Williams? Oh, you want to sing us a banana song, Mr. Bubbles? Well, it's not really my song, Mr. Williams, but it's a song I heard from Harry Belafonte. Harry Belafonte. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Okay, here we go. One, two, one, two, three, four. Day-o, day-o, daylight come and you want to go 
Oh, that's Deo by Harry Belafonte. I wasn't finished yet, Mr. Williams. Don't interrupt Bubbles. Oh, I'm sorry, Bubbles. Keep going. Deo, Deo, a great big bunch of ripe bananas. Oh, that's wonderful. I wasn't finished, Mr. Williams. Oops, sorry, go ahead. Whoops a daisy. Daylight come and he wants to go home. Wow, that was I'm not finished, Mr. Williams. Sorry, go ahead. I think Seven foot, eight foot punch. Here they come, and Mr. Bubbles wants to go home. Oh, isn't that... I'm not finished. It's like the deadly black tarantula. Here they come, and he wants to go home. Oh, that... I'm not done. Here they come, Mr. Bubbles wants to go Whoa! Say, Mr. Williams, I had a little... I think I might have had some romaine lettuce stuck in my throat right at the end there. Wow! Oh, boy, that was quite a rendition of... Did you like it, Mr. Williams? Oh, please tell me you liked it. We really liked it, Mr. Bubbles. I don't think we've ever heard a sea cow sing Deo by Harry Belafonte. Well, I'm glad you're happy, Mr. Bubbles, and we are just so happy that you're recovering and you're going to be well, and we want to wish you all the best. Thank you so much, Mr. Williams. Can I sing one more song as we end our conversation here? Of course, Mr. Bubbles. Which one? How about something from Mr. John Bon Jovi, Mr. Williams? Oh, we love Bon John Jovi. I said John Bon Jovi, not Bon Bon Jovi. Sorry, I had a little tongue twister there, Mr. Bubbles. That's okay, Mr. Williams. Here we go. One, two, one, two, three, four. It's all the same. Even the name's a change. One more time, I'm gonna find my way. Oh, wait a minute. I'm not finished, Mr. Williams. Go ahead. Because I'm a cowboy on a steel horse I ride. And I'm wanted, gunning, dead life. Oh, isn't that nice? I'm not finished, wanted, dead Oh, you're getting excited again. Thank you for calling, Mr. William. You're a very nice man, and I love you. Mr. Bubbles love you very much. Well, we love you, Mr. Bubbles, and all our listeners love you. And I love all your listeners. Lots of fresh bubble kisses from Mr. Bubbles. Oh, my God. That was... What a heartwarming moment just to... 
Roger, that good, thank you for that. Mr. Bubbles, I didn't expect him to sing. I didn't expect him to be so, he really sounds healthy. I, that's, oh, I'm sad to hear him hang up. Boy, oh boy. Well, Mr. Bubbles. Stay tubular, bro. Uh, yeah. Hey, Harlan. I had an idea for a podcast subject. Um, I don't know if you've seen The Last Jedi or not, but for a lifelong Luke Skywalker fan, it was kind of a train wreck. And I was just wondering what your opinion of it was. I mean, you will find the character was handled okay, acceptably. Um, but for a lot of fans out there, including a ton of people who are chiming in on YouTube... Many feel they kind of undermined him to the point of becoming a parody of what he stood for. And I think it's a little heartbreaking. Luke was a symbol of tenacity, perseverance, optimism for a multi-generational fandom and now just kind of dismissed in a cartoony way. I mean, yes, Star Wars is just an adventure fantasy, but it's one with heart. I just felt like The Last Jedi was rather agenda-driven and shallow, not to mention convoluted and lacking coherence. Anyway, I wonder if any of your pavement pounders are Star Wars fans. Um, yeah, I mean, from the Princess Leia surviving outside of the airlock for even one second to the sea cow green milk tip scene. I don't know. I could go off, whatever. Uh, it's a load of bantha poodoo and... Uh, a missed opportunity to really let Luke Skywalker shine. Okay. Talk to you later. Bye. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Here's my review of the latest Star Wars. You ready? That's not even that's not even an English word. That's a universal word. Sound. It just, what a piece of crap. I mean, my God, I was I was just dying, fighting to not walk out of this piece of junk. I'm just completely perplexed at at how this incredible franchise, this this uh, this earth changing, this this world changing movie, has been bastardized and and turned into a pile of steaming crap so many times. With the first Star Wars. And the second Star Wars where they, it was just magic. You, you sat there mesmerized and they got it right. The third one, it started drifting into Muppet World and it just started getting really hokey. Okay, so the third one wasn't great. Then came the, the ones they did in the late 90s or the early mid-2000s where it was like with Natalie Portman and Christian... Whoever that 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 young Scott, they did the prequels. Like I don't need a prequel, okay? We've we we want to move forward. We're in space, okay? Why don't you go back to when Darth Vader's uh, great 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 grandfather was a pioneer and crossing uh, Arkansas on a covered wagon? I don't give a crap. You know, when Jedediah Vader was crossing the Great Plains, fighting the Indians and eating buffalo rawhide. I don't care. I, it's space. Take me forward. All those movies with Natalie Portman and that Christian, whatever his name was, put me to sleep. Horrible. 
garbage. The only good thing that's come out of all those 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 movies was the Darth Maul guy. One of the greatest, coolest, creepiest looking villains. Like he's one of those guys just when he came on screen kind of scared you. And what do they do? They kill him and like he's only on screen for like ten minutes and they kill him. And they keep all the other crap like Jar Jar Binks and all these idiot Ewan McGregor as as uh, whatever the hell he was. Ugh. And then we fast forward. There's a bunch of shitty ones. And then I think it was J.J. Abrams rebooted the franchise. I think it was about three years ago or something. He like he took uh, the old one and he brought it back and it was done really well. But it was almost like he just redid the original one. You know, and we met some cool new characters. We met the new Darth Vader replacement. We finally saw a Han Solo get killed. Thank God. I hate to say it, but I don't want to see these oldies. Like, let's move the fuck forward. I don't need to keep rehashing the past. Move me the F forward, man. It's space. Star Wars blew everyone's mind because... It was a glimpse into the future. It was all these new characters, all these new worlds, all these new creatures, all these new weapons, all these new computers, all these new spaceships. I don't want to go to a Star Wars movie and start looking at all of what has been. I've already been there. I've seen it. Show me the new jellyfish monster. Show me the new invisible force ship. Show me the... The bubble monster. Show me Chewbacca's children who can float and eat lightning and suck mushrooms. And, you know, give me something new, man. Don't you idiots get it? That's what compelled us. That's what drew us to the movie. Because you, you opened doors to our imaginations that we had never opened before. Are you, are you forgetting what you made, you dildos? Stop rehashing the same stupid crap and showing us the same stupid shit all over again. Can someone out there be inventive? Can someone out there be a pioneer and give us the new, open the new door to our imagination and show us a movie that just makes us going, what the fuck did I just watch? Oh my, who thought of that? Because that's what we all did the first time we saw Star Wars. It blew the doors off. And none of these other Star Wars movies are blowing the doors off. In fact, they're making me want to close the door, put an exhaust hose from the muffler in the window, and, and, and close the window and kill myself. So now let's fast forward to the latest, if you want to call it a Star Wars Oh, my God. This, this thing. Right out of the gate, they're cracking jokes. Suddenly, some idiot executive in Hollywood thought, you know, you know what we should do in Star Wars? You know, it's a, it's a movie about war. It's a movie about good and evil in space. But why don't we make the opening scene where uh, some idiot in a spaceship is uh, messing with the dark evil commander on his headset about uh, parking? parking his spaceship or whatever the hell they were doing. I was, as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, no, here we go. We're already going down the wrong street tonally. 
Ay, ay, ay. And then, and then we had uh, Luke Skywalker out on this exotic island. Not 100% sure why he's there. Like, at, at that point, you know, if you feel like there's nothing left to live for, maybe just jump off the cliff. There's a, there's a lot of them on the island, Luke. Like, you know, who would want to live on a, on a small little island in the middle of nowhere covered with grass? And then they went out of their way to show him spearing fish. Okay, does, does this tell you how backwards we are? We're in a movie called Star Wars where we're supposed to be in outer space looking at the latest laser beams or particle guns. And here's Luke Skywalker in the 15th installment of Star Wars spearing fish with a stick like a caveman. Uh, are you fucking missing something, you idiots? Holy crap. And then, then the, the other inhabitants of the island are a bunch of Muppets. There's a bunch of uh, little birds that, I mean, you could almost see the guys hiding under the grass with their hands up these puppets' ass. They, they didn't even make an attempt to make them look, look like they, they were real creatures. Did you notice they were all sitting on the grass? They were all sitting in a nest. None of them were up and moving. Why? Because some guy's hand was up their ass working them. At least that's what it looked like. Maybe they were CGI, but whatever they were, they were literally toys that blew off a Toys R Us toy shelf and landed on Luke Skywalker's island. They had no relation to the movie. They had no connection to anything. It was Disney's deliberate attempt to sell and market toys, which is sinful because it totally destroys the integrity of the movie. Okay? Let's remember, when, when they made Star Wars, okay, the whole merchandising of, of toys from movies wasn't really a thing yet. At least I don't think so. It wasn't really the big industry that it is today. In fact, I think Star Wars might have been the thing that really launched it. So George Lucas, when he made the original Star Wars, he made a movie full of crazy, nutty, weird creatures that were organic to a piece of art, a movie that he wanted to make that was, that was uh, composed in his brain. And I'm not sure, I don't want to speak for anybody, but I don't think he sat down and wrote a movie and went, okay, this robot would be a great toy, Chewbacca would be a great toy, the lightsaber would be a great toy, Darth Vader's mask would be a great toy, the Death Star ship would be a great toy, uh, Luke Skywalker's hover car would... I don't think that happened. I think all the toys were just a result. I don't think... They didn't even think Star Wars was going to be a hit movie when they released it. Did you know that? They didn't know what it was, these idiots. And so here's my point. Make your movie first. Create characters and monsters and creatures and things that fit into the movie you want to make. And if they become merchandisable, so be it. Great. But don't try, try to plug in toys and merchandise along the way just for the sake of doing it. Because we're not idiots. We all get it. And so here's Luke Skywalker on a little grass island somewhere. And the only other thing on the island is a bunch of like werbles or owls that look like they've crossbred with chinchillas. 
I mean, gee, could they be any cuter? Would you, would you uh, sneak into a field and cut a bunch of calf's eyes out and sew them into owls' faces so they can look cute like cow owls or something? Holy crap. And then as far as these other creatures where they're, where they're milking green milk out of these manatee walrus monsters, what the hell was that? Those look like puppets. I mean, are you kidding me? You've got you've got two hundred million dollars, and your creatures look like something from worse than what they had on the Muppets in nineteen seventy. Horrible. So the the whole notion that Luke Skywalker is on this island doesn't want to leave. He's 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 tuned out. He's been gifted all this incredible power to to fight evil, to do good. But no, no, I'm. I'm the most special child in the universe, but I'm going to sit on a chunk of grass in some mysterious ocean, spear fish the way the cavemen did, suck milk out of sea cows, and hide in a cold, damp, rainy, rocky cave because all the Motel 6s were booked up. I mean, what the... Ugh. And then later in the movie, they reveal that on this island of suddenly is a library full of all the Jedi books. Oh, all the sacred books of all the the Jedi prophecies and palms and the, like the Jedi Bibles. And they decide, oh, let's just burn them. We don't need them anymore. Let's just burn them. And then, of course, guess who shows up to stop the the book burning, Hitler's book burning? Oh, look who it is. It's, uh, it's Yoda. Except now Yoda looks like a bad Japanese anime cartoon. I mean, this, what, what is happening? Remember when, when CGI animation blew our minds? You remember the T-Rex from Jurassic Park? I mean, this version of CGI Yoda showed up and I, I, I thought it was watching like a cardboard cutout from South Park. Like, this, this was some of the worst CGI. Yoda looked different. He looked smaller. He looked, his hair was wrong. His wrinkles were wrong. It, his personality was wrong. He looked disproportionate to Luke. He looked, he looked like he was a, like a cardboard cutout. It was just awful. And was there any real reason for him to even be there? No. Guess what? They wanted to sell more Yoda toys, so they stuck him in. Make sure you stop. Here's the executive at Disney. Make sure you stick Yoda in. We got to sell toys. Well, he's not. He's not in the script. So I don't care if he's in the script or not. You find a way to put him in. What What's going on on that island with Luke Skywalker? Well, we have Luke. Um, we have him uh, spearing fish. Okay, and we have him milking uh, manatees for their green uh, milk tit milk. Okay, that sounds real good. Wait a minute, are there any Muppets on the island? Oh, y- yes, there are, sir. We we have a whole flock of uh, cow owls. Okay, those sound good. Well, put Yoda on there, too. Yes, sir. Oh, my God. No rhyme or reason. Then this this girl shows up, the Australian girl, and she she learns to sword fight with the lightsaber. And Doesn't she already know how to fight? Doesn't she already have the force? Does Luke have to teach her? And by the way, Luke looks about as disinterested. He looks like a homeless guy 
looking for a bag of uh, salt and vinegar potato chips in an alley behind Denny's. I mean, this guy's scruffy. He's wearing a, a hoodie that looks like a, he's been sleeping on a, on a, you know, a, a fire hydrant piss puddle somewhere. It just none of it made sense. And, and then let's cut to the other part of the movie where, all, you know, now that, now that Han Solo's dead, let's drag out Carrie Fisher in all her 83-year-old drug rehab alcoholic glamour. I hate to sound like a dick, but I mean, you know, when you've had a rough life, when you when you when you've been like, you know, a, a substance abusing for a long time, it it kind of shows. And I hate to say it, you know, Carrie Fisher looked old. She looked she had that faraway look in her eyes. She looks like she's been through some crap. God bless her. I know life's not easy. I'm not faulting her. But she just looked like a tired, worn out, like, as soon as she came on screen, the whole energy of the movie just went out the window. I don't care about her story anymore. She's not 22 and foxy the way she was in the first three Star Wars, okay? She's an old lady. Can we be honest? The buns on the side of her head, if they were cinnamon buns, they'd be moldy. They were gray. She looked tired. She looked old. Her voice was gravelly and 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 beat up. She her her let's be honest, her acting and her timing wasn't what it used to be. It was almost it was just kind of depressing. I love Carrie Fisher. I love what she brought to the franchise, what she brought to the early movie, but her time is done, man, and you guys spent half the movie on this chick. And every time she came on screen, I was like, God, can we get can we get past the old bag lady, please? I don't give a crap about her storyline. And then I hate to, to throw another one under the bus, but then Laura Dern shows up. And this one ain't looking too ripe anymore. And by the way, I'm not picking on women, okay? I don't think Harrison Ford looked good in the, in the last one. He was another one. It's like, here comes the old man pretending he's 18 still. I was happy as a Skylark when he got fucking stabbed and died. It's like, finally, we can be rid of this old fuck. And now, you know, they spent the whole movie and Princess Leia's dead. And I'm like, good. We're finally rid of these old bags. Can we move on? Holy crap. And Laura Dern, I don't know if she had a, a draft neck implanted. You know, how in Hollywood, people get weird things done. I haven't seen a neck that long since, uh, you know, I went to the African lion safari down in San Diego, man. That was like a giraffe neck. And just, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't get the reason for her. And, and here's another thing. This movie was so overly politically correct. Okay. I mean, I get it. We're a melting pot. We all share the planet. We all we all are one, and we all strive for equality, and we all strive to end racism, and we all strive for everyone to have equal opportunity, and 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 that's happening, and it happens more, and we all want it. But when you just shove it in everyone's face, when you just like overdo it, I mean, it just that this camera cut from from scene to scene, it was like. Okay, there's the Latino guy. 
There's the white guy. There's the black guy. There's the Asian guy. Now let's go back to the woman. You know, were there any men in control of anything? Did you notice the 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 the, the, the women were like kind of like running everything? It's, it's, this movie was like a like a a masterwork in in emasculation. It's like you can never let men uh, be too powerful anymore. Like the, I forget the name of the African-American actor who was kind of the lead in the last Star Wars movie. He was all over it. He was like this, this dashing hero, this African-American hero kid, and he was great. It was all organic. It fit. It worked. And in this, in this movie, I don't even know what his function was. He was like pressing buttons and having lines like, we better get out of here. You know, he had, he had no, no real use. And then they introduced, uh, you know, and then just sticking with the theme of, of looks. You know, when did it become a crime to have good-looking people in movies, okay? Like, I'm sorry, if you go back and watch that movie again from top to bottom, look at all the extras. Look at all the actors and actresses. This isn't just women. It's men and women. Did they put out a casting call and say, we want the most average-looking actors and actresses Hollywood has to offer? You are not allowed to look pretty. You are not allowed, like, outside of the lead girl who's pretty. I was kind of looking around, like, where, where's any girls that are really super cute here? Like, do we live in, in a society now where, where it's a crime to be, to be good-looking? And same with the men. I'm looking around. I'm like, well, where's the good-looking men? There, everyone kind of looked a little off. They either had, you know, maybe they had jacked-up teeth, or they had like a big nose, or a big bump in their nose, or they had big ears, or their Adam's apple looked like, you know, a, a family of hummingbirds lived in their in their neck. Like it just everything felt like nobody was allowed to be real. And that brings me to to the the, the new super heroine they added. Oh my God! It it, it was like uh, it was like uh, th- this this little Asian girl. Okay, they decided let's let's make this young Asian girl the new military superpower, like empowered woman, like she saves the day. And I'm like, great, I'm all for that. Okay, but make it real. Do you remember Linda Hamilton in, in Terminator Two? Like, she was badass. It felt real. Okay, I, f- I felt like, she, A, she was an actress that could handle the role, and B, she looked the part. I'm sorry, but this little Asian girl that they had in, in the Star Wars, like, the that came to the rescue everything, the, the, the way she talked, the way she carried herself, the way her energy, her acting, I felt like I was watching, like, a barista at Starbucks. Hey, what are you doing in here? Does the does the Empire know you're here in the energy room? Okay, well let's jump in the spaceship and let's go shoot some bad guys. Okay, I don't think this is safe. Hurry, someone give me backup. I'm in trouble. Help! Don't worry, I'll save you. Does anyone want a latte? Will I save the world? I mean, it was I was like, what am I watching? Can you not cast real people that have a real vibe, a real sense of being maybe having some grit? You know that there is something to acting when, with, with a look, with 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 a with an energy. 
But I just felt like that, that this whole movie was a big, a big, it's a small, small world. We're all one. We're all holding hands and we're all happy and the world's one happy place. And that's not reality, okay? It's not that I don't want the world to be a unified, happy place, but that's not the way it is. And because they they spend so much try, time trying to make it all seem so like everybody's so in unison, which we all wish it was, but th- that's not the way of the world. It just felt phony to me. It felt so forced. It felt like it felt like they were they were pushing a socio-political agenda in our faces. Instead of just focusing on the script and the story and the organic world that Star Wars should be. I mean, Chewbacca did nothing in this movie. One of the most iconic, greatest characters. He had no storyline. He did nothing. But yet the, the, they give this, this Starbucks barista, suddenly she's the big hero. Yeah, okay, I believe that. And I'm not knocking it because she's Asian or she's a girl or anything. It goes it goes down to what I'm saying about it just felt like it wasn't real. It was forced. It was it was to meet an agenda. Oh yeah, yeah. And then we had the whole racehorse scene or whatever those big camels were. That if if they took the, the whole big camel race thing out of the movie, would you notice it? Did it, does it have any bearing on anything? Again, let's sell some toys that look like furry horses. Oh, and, then, and then near the ending where, where the uh, you know Princess Leia and, and all the pods are trying to escape. And correct me if I'm wrong, but when we first see the pods, isn't there like 20 pods? There's like 20 pods or 15 pods. And then the Death Star starts shooting them, picking them off one by one. And I'm thinking, okay, they just got 8 out of 20. There should be like, you know, 12 left. But then you cut back and it seems like they've, they, they've replicated. There's like 40 now. So then they shoot a whole bunch more. And they still keep going and going and going and going. And it's like, gee, the Death Star can't stop a bunch of floating space slugs. I mean, these things were moving. They had no weapons. They had, oh, my God. This movie was a... I could keep going on, man. I've been ranting for 20 minutes. I just can't take it. I, I really fought to not walk out. I love the Star Wars world, but the, the, it's just been de- it's just been destroyed. There's no purity left. The, 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 these, these, these big Hollywood directors don't have a clue. The producers, the writers, they, they don't have a clue. They think they do, but they, they, have, they can't come close to touching the originality and the purity and the beauty of what George Lucas originally did. And until they get someone in there that can just wipe the slate clean and reimagine and continue what his vision was, it's just slop. It's regurgitated slop. They keep retelling the same stories. They're uninteresting, uneventful, anticlimactic, leave you leaving the theater just going, well, there goes two hours of my life. Uninspired garbage. And I'm just, I, I just can't believe that they keep doing it over and over. And that's what they wanted. They just want to spend, spend the money, make, 
boom, flash, bang, sword fight, hairy creature, the force is with you. That's all we need. Everyone will show up. And we do. We show up. And you know why we show up? We don't show up for the shit they're putting on the screen. Here's why we're showing up, because we're hoping in our deepest hopes of hopes that maybe this will be the time that they recapture the magic of the first Star Wars and maybe the second Star Wars. And guess what? Each time we show up, we're just disappointed children that thought they were getting a giant ice cream cone and instead got a stale piece of bubble gum. It's just, it makes me sick because I, I got to tell you, out of all the movies I've seen in my life, I don't think there's one movie that, that, that blew me out of my seat when I was 13 years old or whatever it was when I saw Star Wars. I was literally glued to my seat. I was, I was, I was moved. I was transformed. I, my mind was blown. I can still remember I was in shock. I was like, what did I just see? Holy, like it was mind-blowing. And now it's all about these emotional stories and I love you and, oh, the forces, oh, the, the spirit, the human, like it, it's all this emotion. You know, let me just watch a couple of hours of General Hospital, okay? I don't want a soap opera. Give me a space story and put some human emotion into it. Don't do it the other way around. You're creating, you're creating these horrible space dramas, soap operas, and then you're dressing them up with sci-fi uh, go-to uh, props like spaceships and lightsabers and, and guns. and You're just doing it all backwards, all wrong, all horrible. You should all be ashamed of yourself. And I want to thank uh, this listener here who called in. And uh, I could hear the disappointment in your voice. And almost, you you wanted to keep going the way I am. You were disappointed. You were let down. And you just saw all the holes and flaws. And oh, and it's all just so busy. It's all, there's too many storylines. There's too many things going on. You, you remember Star Wars, the original one? It was just Luke had to get to the Death Star and fight Darth Vader and save the world. It was so easy. And they just filled it up with so much magic. And now it's like, cut to this, cut to that, B story, C story, D story. And all of them are just people crying and being emotional and all the soap opera shit. I mean, I, I got to tell you, if, if I was a 13-year-old kid, I wouldn't go. The thing that made it magic for me when I was a kid is it was action, it was fun, it was monsters, it was, it was, it was like reading a comic book, and now it's like reading a, a freaking soap opera. It it blows. I can keep going on for another hour. By the way, I'm, I'm going to stop because I just I'm too aggravated, and you guys are being okay. We get it. You didn't like it. Shut up. But that's the way I am, man. I I I I I pick. I pick movies apart, and 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 this one is it's just such a shame to see such a beautiful franchise just just bastardized and and made into a pile of crap. Now that being said, I'm not going to take away from all the hard work that the the peep everybody did. 
the special effects, the 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 actors, the 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 you know everyone. I'm not going to deny anyone the hard work because I know that's not easy. But my motto is: if you're going to do all the hard work, show up with with a with a good product. Don't you dare show up with dinner to the table and it's cold and mushy and unacceptable to eat. You better show up with a primo fucking banquet, okay? I didn't. I didn't show up at Denny's for dinner. I I showed up at you know Ruth Chris Steakhouse. I want you to feed me a fucking feast. I don't want lukewarm microwaved turkey stuffing. It's just sad. It's just so sad. So there you go. There there's my there's my rant. And believe me, there's a lot of other stuff I could have said, and I I I I don't have time. I I just don't have the energy for it. And I hate to sound like a like a like a Debbie Downer and Mr. Negative. That's not what I'm being, man. I'm looking at this from an artistic cinematic uh perspective. I'm I'm trying to in this in this negative analysis I'm I'm trying to stand up for the art of cinema. I'm trying to to uh you know stand behind the world of of striving to do great cinematic work. And uh I just feel like so many filmmakers and so many studios have lost the art. They don't know how to do it. They don't know how to get there anymore, but they're all pretending that it's great. And if you look at the numbers for this Star Wars movie, it's it's made like half a half a billion dollars domestically. And and this is their stamp of approval. They're like, "Great, we're doing it right. We got it. We got the recipe. We're we're everyone loves it." But they don't. We hate it. And you guys better wake up and, and you you know, if, if you're content feeding us shit because, you know, it's not like we can just uh, go uh, pick Star Wars movies off a shelf at a, at, a, at a supermarket. The only way we can watch a new Star Wars movie is if you make it for us. There's no other options. So we kind of have to go. And, uh, you know, it would behoove you idiots to... Uh, Maybe take the time to do it right and move on and get rid of the old characters and give us an, give us what we deserve. Oh, I wish I ran the studios. Anyways, there there you go, my rant. And I hope in some I hope in some way that my my rant helps you get some of your frustration out. You can hope you're sitting there going, "Yes! Yes, that's yes." Or maybe you're like, "Oh god." Harlan shouldn't go near the movie theaters. He's crazy. Uh, But thank you for your call. And I think, well, we got to leave it there. Look, we're almost at an hour-long show, for God's sakes. Holy smokes. What? Oh, really? Okay, well, I thought we were done, but apparently Mr. Bubbles is back on the line and he wants to sing one more song. Okay, put them through. Yay. That's a better way to end the show. From negative to positive. Uh, let, let's, Raj, is he there now? Okay, put him on, Mr. Bubbles. Her name was Lola. She was a showgirl. Mr. Bubbles? Quiet, I'm singing. 
But that was 50 years ago when Lola had a show. Now it's a Sasha. Oh, Mr. Bubbles. Quiet, I'm singing, Mr. Williams. At the Copa, Copa Cabana, hottest club night of Havana. Oh, we love this song, the Copa Cabana. Shut the fuck up, Mr. Williams, I'm singing. Sorry, Mr. Bubbles. At the Copa, they fell in love. Copa, Copa Cabana, they fell in love. Oh, that was so good, Mr. Bubbles. I'm not finished. His name was Rico. He was a wah-wah. His name got sounded everywhere. He got... Are you making bubble noises, Mr. Bubbles? I certainly am. I'm mixing it in with the lyrics, Mr. Williams. Oh, what a treat. Thank you, Mr. Williams. At the Copa. Oh, Mr. Bubbles. Don't suck a seaweed salad, bitch. Whoa, what the hell was that at the end? Did he just say, go suck a seaweed salad, bitch? Holy smokes, Mr. Bubbles is unpredictable. Wow. Stay tubular, bro. Man alive. What a what a crazy ending to the show. But we got to end it there. We're out of time. We got like an encore Mr. Bubbles performance there. That, that's a treat. Got a little edgy towards the end, but boy, oh boy. Uh... Thank you for all your phone calls, the Star Wars and all that stuff, um, the podcast advice, all that stuff. If you want to uh, leave me a phone call, 323-739-4330, 323-739-4330, or you can write me at harlandwilliams.com. We have a contact link, and you can email me directly. I might read your email, or if you want to phone me, the number's at harlandwilliams.com as well. I might play... Your phone call, or I might uh, read your email. You got to be in it to win it, baby. Um, but we always love hearing from you, and uh, thanks again for calling in. Also, uh, while you're at harlowwilliams.com, check out our store. We have all kinds of new T-shirts in there, hand-drawn T-shirts that I, uh, I drew myself uh, right on the shirt. We also have my new uh, comedy Download available, Harlan, uh, Harlan Williams Crowd Control, number four. This is a, uh, it's only $3. It's an hour-long uh, download where it's all me working the crowd live at comedy clubs all over the country. It's all like heckling and back and forth and just, it's a whole lot of fun if you like the art of instantaneous, uh, you know, spontaneous improvisational comedy. Uh, it's just me on stage going at it. Uh, we also have uh, a digital download of one of my short stories. Uh, really cool Twilight Zone-like short story is for sale. You can download it and listen to it while you drive or while you're walking. Uh, very compelling story. You're probably thinking, oh, it's probably funny and silly and comedic, but it's, it's actually kind of dark and dramatic, and it's it's a side of me that... Maybe you didn't know that I had, but uh, it's called the Time Machine Garden Hose, and you can download it on the books page or on the homepage of the uh, harlowwilliams.com website. 
Also, don't forget to get our app. We have a free app on your telephone app store. Just type in the Harlan Highway. You get the 50 latest episodes of the podcast free. And if you want to become a premium member and uh, and and get uh, all the episodes we've ever done, $20 a year, and it gets you special uh, updates, special uh, segments, uh, you get to hear stuff before everyone else does, that type of bonus material. So for 20 bucks a year and 1,000 episodes, that's a pretty sweet deal there, bro. Um, and uh, what else? What else could I tell you? I think that's it. Please tell your friends about the Harland Highway podcast. We love everyone to hear. And uh, we appreciate that you're here. So that's it for today. Hope you had a good time. Uh, thank you. And until next time, chicken chow mein, baby. Don't suck a seaweed salad, bitch. Stay tubular, bro.